Awesome. Thank you. Grab a seat. It's good to be here. I was thinking about this thing, we're part of the kingdom that always advances, always wins. It's good we're not part of the Colchester United teams then. That we sat and froze yesterday, but it was awesome. Thank God we're part of a kingdom that keeps advancing, keeps winning, all that kind of stuff. Okay, awesome. Hopefully we've got um, a PowerPoint thing we can use. Have we? Very cool. So um, it is great to be here, and it's exciting uh, for for me that there's some people and the church is thinking about heading towards this kind of um, some kind of fasting period. We actually do it uh, in November, so uh, I've just uh, we yeah we did this, and uh, although I do feel for you in the middle of winter, eh? Like, I mean, it's okay in summer salads, but in the middle of winter when it's freezing, you kind of want the whole comfort food, right? Meat, potatoes, what? Yeah, yeah. So I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. You're going the extra mile, but um, but but again, our experience is it's really significant in terms of seeing breakthrough. So I just want to talk a bit today about like why. Why we do this? Where would it fit? Why is it so important? So flick up the next one. Um, part of uh, Christian living has always been this thing of fasting and feasting. And they're both part, I, I mean, man, those first few songs, that was crazy up here. Part of the thing of just celebration, joy, party, food, having fun. That's part of church, but also this other side, there's a, there's a part that's like, yeah, but we, also, we know how to have fun, we know how to party, we know how to celebrate, but we also know how to press into God and go, come on, God, there's more that we haven't seen yet. And uh, flick up the next one, even right back in Jesus' time, he, he got religious people were confused about this, that they were both parts of, of life. So he, it's a bit of an obscure thing. He says this, to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplaces, calling out to others. Next one. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. What does he mean? He said, well, he was comparing. So John the Baptist came and he didn't eat and drink. He fasted. He was this kind of super intense guy. And the religious people were like, whoa, that's a bit much. You know, he's a bit odd. But then, um, go for it. Uh, next one. Um, but then Jesus came eating and drinking and then the religious people couldn't handle him. And it's like, Jesus is like, you guys are weird. Like, don't you get that these are two sides of faith? There's the crazy party celebration, the gratitude for the goodness of God. And then on the other side, there are times uh, to press in and see God do something. And it's like they're both part of it. And flick the next one. And, and it's interesting. This is his conclusion. Am I doing? This is his conclusion. Ah, yeah, but wisdom is proved right by your deeds. It's like if you're smart, there's a time, you know, there's a time just to go crazy party. There's a time to celebrate, but then there's also a time like, come on, God, there's more. And I, and I want to see something more in my life. Um, I flick up the next one. So this whole thing. Oh, there's a time for just crazy celebration. Pull out all the stops. Just have the biggest party ever. And there's a time to go, do you know what, God? I, I want to see something shift in my life. I want to see something move. I want to see something advance. And so fasting is a tool for that. Flick up the next one. He actually unpacked this. So how do you know? What's the right time? What's the category? What's the difference? And and. John And even John's disciples were confused. They came to Jesus like, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? And Jesus says this, and here's the key. 
How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken with them, and then they will fast. It's like those parts of your life where you have experienced the arrival of God, the goodness of God is there. It's like everything God, like I sit here and I say thank you and I celebrate and I acknowledge God has been good. But there's parts of my life where actually I'm not seeing the presence of this kingdom. Actually, I'm not there yet. And, and at that part of my life, I'm not going to settle for that. That's the part of the life where it's like, come on, I want to press in. I want to see something shift. And, I, and if you're a human being living in this world, I can guarantee that there is some part of your life where there are some, the goodness of God is present. But there will be some parts of your life that's like, I'm not there yet. I'm disappointed in what I'm seeing. I'm frustrated. Come on, God, there's got to be more than this. And it's like, that's the part that we, in a sense, fast into to go, come on, God, I don't want to settle for this. I want to see something shift. I want to see a breakthrough. Um, and, and so this whole thing, oh, yeah, this is going to be part of my Christian life. Crazy celebration, crazy fun. And over here for a period of time, just like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hard to push through into something. I want to see something shift in my life. Um, Look up the next one. Even even um, the apostle Paul kind of shows that this is part of Christian life. One letter. So he says, Philippians four. You know, I've I've learned to be content. And flick up the next one. Again, he repeats. I've I've learned the secret of being content. It's like part of my life. Yeah, God, I'm just so grateful for what you've done. Like I'm a happy man. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I've seen your goodness. And, you know, and, and, and that's important. But in the very same letter, flick up the next one, he says this, not that I've already attained all this, already arrived. I'm like, I press on to take hold of that which uh, Christ Jesus took hold of me. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Next one, he goes on. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal. It's kind of weird, eh? On the one hand, I'm Mr. Content. I'm just... Mr. Gratitude, Mr. Thankful. On the other hand, like, I am so, like, not there yet. I want so much more. I'm just going all out because oh, there's more God's got for me. And you go, which one is it, Paul? And he's like, both. And it's like, it's not really rocket science that you will have parts of your life that you can be, you need to stir up gratitude. But there's parts of your life you actually need to stir up discontents. Like, I'm not going to settle for this. There's more here. And so as a next one, interesting, you know, one sentence. Don't be anxious about anything in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. It's like, God, here I am. i got a whole lot of things I'm thankful for. I'm just so thankful for your goodness. I'm so thankful for your blessing. But i also got a list here. i got some petitions. i got some things I'm asking for a change in my life. And so I love being part of a church. Uh, flick up the next one. That, um, in a sense, the front, the front face of it is just fun, celebration. We're having a party. We're going crazy. But at the back end of it, there's a weight of, of spiritual, in a sense, seriousness that goes, come on, God, we want to see something shift. And I love being part of a church that has both. And it's like, oh, so that's, that's why, you know, we're celebrating, we're transitioning to be equippers, but in the lead in, it's like we're also going to press into God to see something move because we're not there yet. And, and I just want, in a sense, to 
drop this question in your mind. Like, where are the areas that you want to see breakthrough? We actually in our church got people to fill out a little card, like what are the three areas you're believing for? So we could all pray together and go, come on, we're believing for breakthrough in this area. You know, I'm, I was believing for breakthrough with one of my daughters who's away from faith. We're believing for breakthrough for finance for our college. We're believing for breakthrough with some health issues with some of our family. It's like, God, I just don't want to. I don't want to live in disappointment. I want to say, God, I want to. I want to see something shift. And, and I'm grateful for where I have seen, but I, but there's more. Um, and so this, you know, there's this part of scripture that is all about celebration. Nehemiah. There's a time where it's like, go and buy the, new, the nice food. Buy the nice cuts of meat and the nice pastries and the nice cakes. and the, Like, go and celebrate. Like, dial that up. And because and, and, why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's a time to celebrate. There's a time to have a party. You know, flick up the next one. The, the um, prodigal son, let's have a feast and celebrate. Part of the kingdom is its celebration. It's being able to pull out all the stops and have a great party and people know they're invited to a party. I think I've preached about this before. The kingdom of heaven, what is it like? It's like a wedding banquet. It should feel like the biggest celebration ever. So, oh, that's part of what we do. So look up the next one. So it's like, oh, yeah, we, we want to nail this side of the equation. But I want to today just talk about this other side. Flick up the next one. And, and we talked about, um, uh, Pastor Barry talked about this Daniel fast. Like, what is, what is that about? Um, and it comes from this incident in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, where he got this vision and he kind of, cons- kind of knew what it was. He couldn't kind of make sense of it. Like, there's something out there God's got, but I don't really understand it. So this was his response. Flick up the next one. And uh, he says, so I mourned for th- three weeks during that time I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. It's like, I'm not going to completely cut out all food because i still got to go to work. But I just want to kind of, in a sense, go, I'm, I'm rearranging my priorities. I'll keep the basics going, but actually I want to see God do something. And, and the normal priorities of life are just rearranged for three weeks. And I'll keep the basics of food going. But I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not in party mode, I'm in breakthrough mode. So I'm not going to give myself lots of treats, I'm going to do the basics while I say, God, in this time, for just for this season, my top priority is actually not the nicest food, my top priority is I want to see something shift in my world. And so that's the invitation of Pastor Barry and Sarah is, hey, what about for three weeks? Like Daniel, we just go, come on, at the start of the year, where are some areas that you want to go, actually, I want to see breakthrough here. Like on the one hand, I'm so thankful for what you've done, God. But in these areas, I don't want to finish 2019 in the same place that I'm starting it. I don't want a rerun of 2018. I want to see something move. So just for three, we'll go back to party mode in three weeks, but I want to start the year by going, God, I want to see breakthrough. And and that's really the invitation. Um, Conveniently, we ignore the second half of the verse about I use no lotions. Like, (laughs) let's not do that. Let's, Let's just pretend we didn't read that part, but leaving out the coffee is enough. Keep on with the deodorant and the everything else. But, um, 
But, but let me show you what happened with this. And I think this is significant. So after 23 days, he has an encounter with God, with a spirit. He has a supernatural encounter. He sees this guy dressed in linen. It's not a normal guy, though, because if, if you look up the next one, he's like, his body was topaz, his face is like lightning, his eyes are flaming torches, his arms. He, like, he has a supernatural encounter. And I want to suggest to you that we think, oh, I'm going to fast because, you know, I want to see my daughter come to faith. I want to see a financial breakthrough. I want to, I want to see a health issue shift. But it's like, actually, the first thing we need is a fresh encounter with God. You, you've got to win if in that 21 days it's like, man, I had a fresh encounter with God. Things have just got a bit mundane, a bit stale, but it's like I've, I've had a fresh moment with God. And it's like, okay, something shifted there. I've had a breakthrough with God. That's the first thing. And then uh, if next, flick up the next one. And, and, and it's interesting, the first thing that the, the supernatural presence says to him, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. I don't know about you, but when, you're, when things aren't going well, sometimes you can feel like, man, has God forgotten about me? Does, does God not care? Like other people see, like is, uh, am I not that important to God? And that whole thing of disappointment with God, like, man, I thought this was going to happen. It's interesting that the first thing for Daniel is, no, Daniel, don't, don't mistake the the delay on your breakthrough for a fact that you don't matter to God. Daniel, you are highly esteemed. I value you. The reason you haven't seen the answer to your prayer is not because I don't care or you don't matter. And I'll tell why that happens, but it's it's interesting that God wants... So there's a counter, but it's like there's an affirmation of who you are in God. You matter to God. So, man, that's that's a win from a... 21 days, like, oh, I've had a fresh encounter, I have a fresh sense, yeah, me and God are good, he's, he, he likes me, he's for me, he values me, uh, I, but then he begins to, um, you know, a, and he says, you know, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding, your words were heard, and I came in response, it's like, the 21 days weren't about moving the hand of God, the 21 days weren't about breaking through to God, uh, and I'll show you what it was about. The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me. This is not a, a natural prince. This is a supernatural power. And then Michael, it's like, there's a battle on for your purpose. There's a battle on. There's a battle in the heavenlies. The, the delay in your breakthrough is not because you don't matter to God. It's not because do, God doesn't care. We're not fasting to try and persuade a difficult God to act. We're fasting because there's a battle for your purpose. And it's like, man, I'm going to fast. Man, there's a few people nodding like you. Like, yeah, I know this. You don't have to tell me. I know this. It's good on you because this is a reminder. It stirs something up. Yeah, that's why we're fasting. Not, please, God, do something. It's like, no, I'm, God says he, you're highly esteemed. God's for you. But I need a breakthrough for the battle for my purpose, for the battle for my inheritance. And, and um, you're getting good. Anticipating, and you know, and so then, then, uh, then he ministers to him, and you know, do not be afraid. You are highly esteemed. 
peace, be strong now, be strong. And it's like, again, it's like our first thought is, God, I just need you to change my circumstance. But his first thing is, no, you need a fresh encounter with me. But then often God's like, I'm going to do something in you before I do something for you. In fact, that what I do in you is going to catapult you into the change of your circumstance. And the biggest thing that could happen in those 21 days is not that, you know, your list shifts, but something shifts on the inside. Like, I just feel I've, I've got the strength in God. I've got this confidence. And so, again, Daniel's able to stand up and says, speak since you've given me strength. I don't know about you, but when the battle's gone on for a long time, you get a bit discouraged. You get a bit disappointed. You get a bit, you just, you just I, need, I need something put back into me. You know, it's like, man, I want, I want my daughter destiny to shift. I want my finances to shift. But actually, all of that's taken a bit of a toll on me. God, and in this 20, I, I need you to put something back into me. And I want to encourage you. Since maybe there's some people who have just been disappointed, it's like, man, that's the battleground to shift that before it's about shifting your circumstance. It's like if you can get an encounter with God and he can put something of peace and strength back into you, then your circumstances can change. And I, I feel like maybe there's some people like you're ready for something to alter in your world. It's like, man, that's what I'm fasting for, an encounter with God that shifts something in me and then shifts something in my world. You up for that? That's why we, and then we'll have a party and we'll celebrate, but we, also, we know how to celebrate, but we also know, to, know how to see something shift. It's like, that's why we fast. You know, and so, um, that's the fine, yeah, and so, so it's like, okay, it's like, Daniel, you've had an encounter with God, Daniel, I've put strength back into you, now the battle's going to carry on till it shifts and something gives way, and something's released. And, you know, and I love the fact that you're a church that can just have fun and celebrate, but also knows how to do battle and see something move in God. It's like, oh, that's why we fast and we feast. That's why we're doing both of these things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, flick up the next one. Um, there's a, there's a, so that's the origin of the Daniel fast. When for someone for 21 days said, I just press into God. I have an encounter with God. I have something put it back into my life. And I, and I stand with a spiritual battle that's going on for my purpose and my destiny. And, and, and something about fasting, again, it's not about shifting God. Uh, this is what I think. It's actually, in a sense, give permission to the armies of heaven to be unleashed on your behalf. Because you're like, no, I'm not going to settle for this. And then it's like this, like, that's good. That gives us a permission to fight for you. Because you're not coming into agreement with the devil, the kingdom of darkness, you're not coming into agreement with disappointment. You're going to go, you're saying, no, God, there's more. And, and what the Daniel story says, it releases the armies of heaven to fight on your behalf. How cool is that? That's not so bad, suffering a few headaches from not having coffee, if I know somehow it's aligning my life with heaven and releasing the armies of heaven. I can put up with three days of coffee headaches for that. Like that's good, um, but I want to I want to show you a st this concept of how this works with breakthrough, and it's a story from the life of David, uh, and and 
I was speaking at this uh, church in another part of New Zealand and in this motel where I was flicking through these Christian channels that I never really watch and saw this old American preacher preaching this and it really hit my spirit. And he, and he talked about this thing, the Philistines were this other tribe, whatever, heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel. They went up in full force to search for him. And this guy was like, the devil's not scared of your ability. The devil's not scared of your intellect. The devil's scared of the call and the anointing on your life. And when you discover that, he knows he's got to go all out to take that out. Otherwise, if you become the person God knows you're called to be, he knows you're unstoppable. And it's one of the things Bill Johnson from Bethel says, you know, if you want to see the call on your life, look where, look where the devil's attacked. And it's like, man, sometimes that area of breakthrough, that's why it's such a battle. Because if you can get your breakthrough, you're going to step into the call of God on your life. If you can break through that lack of confidence, if you can break through those inhibitions, if you can break through these things, there's a, the devil knows there's a, there's a break out of a flow of the purpose of God in your life. And that's why he so much wants you to just, oh, well, don't get your hopes up. Oh, well, I shouldn't have, you know, got my, oh, well, just make peace with it. He's like, no, I'm taking a stand. I'm fasting to see something break through here. And he's like, oh, no, we're in trouble now. Uh, And so David went out to meet them. and And this is what it just says. So they went to this place. He defeated them. And this is what David said. As the waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. It's an unusual image. It's the image of a dam, and a little crack appears, and, and then a little trickle of water. And then it starts, if you know that as soon as the strength is compromised, the cracks start appearing, the water, until suddenly the whole thing just dissolves, and the waters just flood through. And it's like, that's what, you just need one crack in the dam to appear in the next 21 days. You need one sign, like, it's happening. That God is about to break out. And it's like, um, just, and it's like, yep, there's my breakthrough. It's starting to happen. And, 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 and it's going to start flowing and it's going to start multiplying. And, it, and, and he just said, I love this. So he called that place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who breaks out. And I love this. It's like, at that place, David said, I discovered the God of the breakthrough. And it's like, I don't know. You know, it's times in our lives, and this I went through this difficult situation, I discovered the God of comfort. You know, I went through this place, maybe I discovered the God who's my healer, or the God who, who delivers me. But it's like, I love, wouldn't it be great, at the start of 2019, on this issue, in this place, I discovered the God of the breakthrough. I discovered when there's an impossible situation... That if I'll stand in fasting and prayer and pursue God, it unleashes the the armies of heaven and a crack appears and what the devil said is never going to move and God's blessing starts to break out in my life. Come on, it's like, no, there's going to be a new beginning. The devil said, this is how it's going to be, but you've decided, no, there's a new beginning for me in 2019. Something new is going to break out. Something good is going to break out into my life. Something is going to move in 2019. It's like, man, are you ready for the, to meet the God of the breakthrough? 
And it's like, man, your testimony will be at this moment on this issue, I discovered the God of the breakthrough. Um, flick up the next one. And, and it goes on. What happens then? Things start multiplying. So they, the Philistines come again, and then he, David's like, what do I do? And this is this weird incident where it's like God directs him. But if you flick up the next one, he's like, as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move out to battle. So suddenly now... It's not like I'm pressing in for a breakthrough. It's like the breakthrough is going on ahead of me. It's like the angels are out there bringing breakthrough way in advance. I'm just in the flow of something that's already broken out in my life. Unexpected things are happening. Good things are just happening all around me. I don't know about you, but I want to live like that. I want want to, in a sense, fast and pray for the breakthrough that then starts breaking out ahead of me. And then I love this conclusion. He just says this. Next one. Um, so uh, verse 17. So, well, they won. And then it says, so David's fame spread throughout every land, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. Wouldn't it be great that it's like, I mean, there's evil spiritual powers that are like, oh, kissed church. Like, blooming heck, they just keep breaking out, breaking through. Oh, we're in trouble, and now they are lining with equippers. Oh, no, what are we going to do? I give the devil a headache. Oh, no, they're coming. They're going to be at their university. No, what are we going to do? We can't stop them. Oh, they're doing this. Ah, and suddenly it's from like, because suddenly the anointing that was on David, you're going to be the king. The devil's like, I've got to take him out early, because if he starts moving in that, he's unstoppable. And come on, it's time for some of us to arrive at like, no, God, you spoke this into my life. You said this was going to happen. And I got discouraged. I got disappointed. But to pick it up again and go, no, you're the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of so much more. Flick up the next one. This is a prophecy, similar thing. The one who breaks open the way will go up before them. And they will break through the gate and go out. The king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. It's like, man, I'm going to, God's going to, what happened in the Daniel fast? God broke through into his situation that put some strength back into him that you break out of your current limitation and then you break through into the inheritance God has for you. You got that? God breaks into where you are that puts something in you that you walk out of there and something shifts in your circumstance. Come on, God just doesn't want to magically wave the wand and change your circumstance. He wants to encounter you and put something into you that you break out of where you're stuck. And you step into something. Is that right? You start to get done. This is what we're about. Just a quick, uh, maybe I'll just show you real quickly. Like this is actually, a, it's a weird thing, eh? Why, why can't I have my steak? Or my sausage, or my ice cream, or yeah, like what? Just quickly, and the Bible fasting is mentioned over seventy times. Like it's a thing in there. Like this is a tool for breakthrough. Just pretty much anyone who's anyone in the Bible fasts. So Moses, he fasted forty days and nights of everything, food and water. Elijah, he fasted forty days and nights. Next one, um, David fasted. When his kid was sick, Ezra fasted at the foundation of the temple. Next one. As we've said, Daniel fasted. Next one. Um, Esther fasted in a time of crisis, neither food nor drink. And going into the New Testament, there's this older lady, Anna, when Jesus is born, she's fasting and praying. 
Next one. But Jesus fasted. I mean, if, G- if this was a tool that Jesus used for breakthrough, it's like, why do we think that might not be relevant for us? Um, Paul fasted quite a few times. In fastings, often it says, the church leaders and elders fasted as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Spirit said, set them apart. It's a tool that they had. Again, that's in Acts 13, Acts 14. They appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting. It's just a thing that people did. It's like when you want to press into God, when you want to see a breakthrough, you just dial back on the food a bit to signal, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting God at another level for this season. And if flick up the next one, there's different, uh, yeah, so Richard Foster, not really rocket science. Fasting refers to abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Oh, I'm just putting something else in a different place for this season. Next one, um, Jensen Franklin says this, fasting is not merely going without food, that is dieting or starving, but it's not fasting. Fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. It's like, I want to see a breakthrough. I want an encounter with God. I want something put back into me that's got robbed. I want to see something shift in my circumstances. Just real quickly, uh, there's three types of fasts in the Bible. There's a normal fast, which is from food, but not water. I've got great news. No one's asking you to do that. Keep on with the veggies. That didn't elicit any smile. (laughs) And fruit. And water. Yeah, anyway, there's an absolute fast, food and water. No one's asking you to do that. But a partial fast is just, I'm going to dial down the celebration theme just to dial up God. And uh, flick up the next one. There's, there's, so this was a definition. A partial fast is when some foods are consumed but others are restricted. There's actually two kinds of, Daniel, uh, two kinds of partial fasts in the Bible, the Daniel fast and the John the Baptist fast. Flick up the next one. That's the Don, John the Baptist fast. <laughs> Grasshoppers and honey. Yeah, I find that the, li- the little legs get stuck between your teeth. <laughs> no, I've never done that. But you're like, yeah, maybe cutting out the coffee is not so bad. I'm not, I'm not doing an absolute fast. I'm not doing a normal fast. I'm not even doing the... I'm just cutting down on the coffee for three weeks. It's not that bad. I mean, it's the best option Hey, really? Uh, okay. Um, and so the, she says this, I can see why the John the Baptist fast hasn't captured the intention of today's Christians. I, I don't hear of any churches promoting that. But flick up the next one. But even the Jewish full fast, this is, if this is what they did. No eating or drinking, no washing or bathing, no application of creams or oils, no wearing of shoes, and no marital sexual relations. That's gone awkwardly quiet. <laughs> Like all the women are like, what do you mean, no moisturizer? All the men are looking at something else, like, <laughs> like you mean I can't wear my nice shoes? <laughs> but it's like, so the Daniel fast is not that bad, right? Compared to the options. Anyway, we'll move along. Okay, next one. You know, even the early church, they fasted Wednesdays and Fridays. Plus, So if you were a Christian, you came to church on Sunday and you fast twice a week. It's like, this is not that hard, what we're trying to do. Uh, in fact, if you're from a Wesleyan Methodist background, he sought to revive that teaching. The Didache was an early Christian thing. He urged early Methodists to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. He felt so strongly about this, he refused to ordain anyone to the Methodist ministry who did not fast those two days. So it's a bit like Barry, oh, we've kind of forgotten this thing. Like cutting back on the coffee for three weeks isn't really so bad compared with all of these other options. 
But um, but what is it? I don't. Do you use that phrase? Turn up the ante. Yeah. So what is fasting? Really, it's a decision that I'm going to up the ante on moving forward and taking ground. Yeah, I'm not going to see the start of the year. I'm not going to settle for a rerun of 2018. I want to see something shift. There's some things, you know, there's some things over here that I'm thankful for God has done. But if I'm honest, there's some things that I'm a bit disappointed haven't moved. And, and I want to, in a sense, give you permission to go, yeah, God, these things, I wanna, I'm a bit disappointed. I want to see them shift. Come on, I'm going to press into that. And so it's just a deliberate rearranging of your priorities of your life for a season. To do what? To pursue God for an encounter or a word. Like, God, I just, maybe I can get the keyboard to start because I'm going to finish in a minute. It's like, God, more than anything else, I need you to meet me and speak to me. I want to start this year with a word from God. But then also, flick up the news, it's also to find a breakthrough in your world. Yeah, I do want something to shift in my finances. I do want something to shift in my marriage. I do want something to shift with my kids or my work. But it's also, I, I need a victory in my heart. Actually, something's got a bit broken or wounded in here. And, and before I see the change out there, I need, a, I, need some, I, need a, I need something to shift in here, God. And that's what I'm fasting for. And the great thing by just, it kind of resets your body, soul, and spirit all around. Oh, yeah, God's important in my life. So then when I go back to the celebration, it's like, oh, yeah, I know what this is all about. Um, so I, just to finish, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Samuel Rodriguez. He was at Shout Conference last year, but at, just before the start of our fast, he put up this blog, and I thought it was really interesting. This is what he said. I don't know if you know the story of the book of Ruth, where um, just says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in Moab. And it's like, I don't know if you know the story. So they go down there. And he dies, and his two sons die. And, and Samuel Rodriguez just made an interesting point. He says, famines are dangerous. Spiritual, relational, financial, family-related fam famines can prompt us to make decisions that we may let later regret. This, this area of my life, I'm so thankful that you've done good things. But this area of my life that I haven't seen the breakthrough yet... He's saying, it can be dangerous when I make decisions that accept this as my reality. And fasting says, no, no, God's got something more. No, God's got something. There's a kingdom that's advancing. I haven't seen my breakthrough yet, but God, there's a breakthrough coming here. I'm not going to just accept disappointment and give up. Oh, well, my kids are never going to come to faith. Oh, my, my husband's never, you know, our marriage is never going to be great. Oh, I'm going to be stuck in debt. It's like, no, famines are dangerous when we, we adjust to make peace with them. And so he just goes, says, listen carefully, don't leave Bethlehem. That means the house of bread. Don't leave Judah. That means praise. It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to move to accommodate the famine. I'm going to fast to see a breakthrough in my area of famine. I want to see something shift here. And so just finally, the enemy wants you to let go of Bethlehem, let go of your promise, let go of your dream, let go of your vision, let go of your holiness, let go of your joy, let go of your shalom, which is peace. It's like, and, and the biblical response of a Daniel is, no, no, where I haven't seen a breakthrough, 
It's like, God, come on, I need a breakthrough. Come on, I need a breakthrough. Could I invite you to stand? And like I say, I don't need to know your circumstance. I just need to know if you're a human being living, living in a fallen world, you've got some areas that you'll be currently disappointed with. And so I just, uh, I just want to do two things to finish. One is this. Um, I don't know how you engage with God, if it's close your eyes or raise a hand, but just for a minute to stand like Daniel and kind of go, God, I need, a, I need to discover the God of the breakthrough in this area. And you tell God what that is, whether it's your marriage, your education, your health, your finance. I need to discover the God of the breakthrough. And um, I just feel like maybe there's some people who go into this year like carrying some disappointment. And sometimes, you know, there's a story of the Jesus, these friends who carried their friend to Jesus because he was paralyzed. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we need to stir ourselves up and go forward. Sometimes we need some people to stand with us. And maybe there's some people who are like, yeah, if I'm honest, Pastor Barry, I just, I'm a bit disappointed about some stuff. And it's like, man, we're going to stand with you for your breakthrough. We're going to agree that something's going to shift. We're going to agree that you're going to have an encounter with God. Something's going to be put back into your life. And then something in your circumstance is going to move. We believe in the God of the breakthrough. We're a church that knows how to have fun, but we're also a church that knows how to press in for breakthrough. And if you just want some people in this church to kind of agree with you and stand with you for breakthrough, why don't you just, uh, we're going to sing in a minute, but right now, why don't you just come and kind of stand out the front and we're just going to pray with you. We're going to get some leaders to come and stand like, we're, we're believing for your breakthrough. Even if you can't say, we're believing for your breakthrough. Come on, we're going to stand with you for breakthrough. Come on, if, there, if there's some people, why don't, you, why don't you come and stand out the front? That's so cool. I really feel like this is a God thing. I wasn't planning to do this. So I want to do something else. But I feel like, and I, and I want some leaders to come and pray. And I want, to, I want you to break the power of disappointment. Man, we just need to make a bit more room. Maybe over there as well. I want you, we're going to break the power of disappointment off your life. We're going to say God is a God of breakthrough. Man, God's anointing is just coming in this place. Maybe it's some more room over here. Are we going to sing? Come on, if you're all good, I want you to extend your hand. If you're a leader, you might want to come and lay hands on someone. Come on, let's, we believe in the God of the breakthrough. Let's just worship Him for a minute.
not enough unless you come with me. up so could I just ask you to kind of keep engaged for a couple more minutes I just want to pray for all those who came out the front I want to tell you that the armies of heaven are released on your behalf when you take a stand with God when you agree with God that you're not going to settle you give permission for heaven to act on your behalf well I just this is kind of a bit of a change of tack um but uh, I just, man, I was coming to Europe and I was in two places in Germany and Denmark and I'm in sorry. But the thing that God put in my heart is this. I believe that the next move for this church is a move of God amongst youth. And part of the grace with equippers is we, like we see a thousand youth out to our events in Auckland. And that's part of the grace that is on it as a movement. And I just believe that the next move of God is a wave of teenagers and a movement amongst youth. And it's like, that's the next generation. And we want to see a move of God amongst the next generation. And so I'd love just maybe if, if that witnesses with your spirit, like, man, I want to, maybe you're too old to be a youth leader, but like, man, I want to take a stand that we see a whole lot of youth coming. Can I invite you maybe just to come out the front too? Because again, we're, we're giving permission for heaven to act on our behalf. And if there's some people like, yeah, I, I'm believing for a move amongst young people in this church. Could you just come out the front too? We're just going to pray. I felt, well, I felt like God showed me that in New Zealand, but... Um, we're just going to pray. Maybe there's not heaps, but we're going to pray and believe. Come on. We're going to position ourselves for a move amongst youth. Position ourselves. So just come out the front. Come on. There's going to be a mantle on this church for a move amongst youth. 
Man, I started as a youth worker. When I got back into Equipus and saw hundreds of young people coming to faith, I would stand at the back and just weep. Like, I've waited a long time to see this. Can we maybe just raise our hands? Come on, if we agree in something, what we unlock on earth is unlocked in heaven. Come on, we unlock a wave of teenagers in this place. We unlock a move of God amongst youth in this church. We bind the enemy that would want to lock up teenagers in depression and despair and darkness. We declare that in this church, there's going to be an open heaven for youth to come to faith. We're going to see hundreds of young people come to faith going to see a vibrant dynamic youth group in Colchester and not just a youth group but a movement of youth we're going to see salvation we're going to see leaders emerge God we come into agreement with heaven that are like that the presence of the bridegroom we're going to see God in the midst of a move of God amongst youth in this church If you agree with that, can you maybe just say yes and amen or shout out to God?